This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. You may be listening to me on my radio program or you may be watching and or listening on my podcast. Either way, thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. I want you to remember to look in the episode description if you're listening to my podcast or watching my podcast on YouTube. Go to the episode description where you will find information on how you can support me and the work that I do. Help a brother out. Help me out and I'll keep doing this. Yeah, even if you don't help me out, I'll still keep doing it because I'm having fun. Can't <laughs> stop him. I am unstoppable. <laughs> I'm like a T-Rex with one of those uh, grabber things. Yeah, <laughs> no, but with one of those grabber things. Oh, there you go. When he has that in his hand, he, a T-Rex is unstoppable. unstoppable. That's me. Uh, today I have Vic. What's up, Vic? What's up? Another American in Norway. Yeah, American lost in Norway. At lost in Norway. <laughs> yeah, parentheses, lost. That's the way to put it, right? Parentheses in Norway. No, I, um, you're... Yet another American in Norway who I've had contact with online, yeah, yeah. social media, uh, quite entertaining uh, uh, contact. I try. Um, <laughs> oh, you got! I love your sense of humor, man. And it's also intriguing. You seem to be living an intriguing life. You think it's boring, but I'm going to prove to you yeah, that you. I think it is boring. <laughs> you said that to me, but I'm going to prove to you that you do not have a boring life here in Norway. I think it's something about it, and, and we'll get to the bottom of what yeah, that right. is. But something about the way you live is intriguing to me. Okay. And the way I like to say it, everybody has a story. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has a story. Yeah. Um, where, let's start with this. Where, where are you headed to? Because you just swung by. Uh, you're on your way to somewhere. And uh, yeah. here we are sitting now, but you're, you're on your way somewhere. I left Stavanger on Sunday night and drove just about uh, maybe an hour and a half. Stayed in a pretty crappy hotel. Swing the... that mic a little closer in. Okay. There we go. Right. Let's back. Why is that? I don't know, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, maybe if I just adjust like this. There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Start again. Why? Yeah. Are <laughs> no, good. Um. Yeah, I left uh, Stavanger Sunday night. Drove maybe an hour and a half. Got stuck behind a traffic, traffic right? accident. Yeah. Yeah. Stavanger, West Coast, best coast. <laughs> so, uh, maybe an hour and a half to a crappy hotel. Had a crappy night and an uncomfortable bed, but then. Uh, Drove to Christmastown the next day, stopped a few other places, uh, American grocery store, which has yes. way too much stuff. Let's plug, <laughs> let's plug them. What are let's they called? Let's plug Trunken AS in Trunken, Vansa, Norway. Trunken AS. Mm -hmm. I tell you, they're a lifesaver. Them, and uh, they ship online. She told me 139 kroner, I think it was. And look anywhere. what, and look, I wish I had a remote control so I could zoom in, <laughs> but look what Vic brought me. I have never seen I, that in 10 years in Norway. I, I think you are the first guest to come with gifts. Oh, really? Come on. I, think, I do believe you are the first guest. Well, to now come it's going to have gift. to happen every time. Well, now you've set a standard. Sorry <laughs> for go. everyone that comes after, but now I'm expecting gifts. <laughs> but this is manwich. A sandwich is a sandwich, but a manwich is a, a meal. A manwich. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. A manwich is a meal. That's I used right. To say. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a sandwich is a sandwich, but a manwich is a, a meal. meal. So I'm going to enjoy this and, and, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna share with Snoopy and the, oh, ba really? oh, and the babies. They, they, no, no. This is mine. They don't know. They'll never know. They don't need to know. And he also came with this some Reese's pieces. Of course. Now you know I used to fight over this. Fight over when I was really? a little kid. Okay. Kids, oh, here comes Reese's pieces. What'd you say? <laughs> and the fight was on. 
But there now I just, uh, I can't fight over this. I just oh, have to enjoy it. I might good. share this with the kids. <laughs> might. I think I have a rich relative somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in the Reese's history. So so you swung through the American store, the candy yeah, store. Yeah. And uh, and now here you are today. And thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, thank what's you for your, inviting your, me. Yeah, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. What's your end destination? Uh, I don't really have one right now. Sweden, drive around. So you're just out on a wander tour. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, Ut- Utpavandring, as they say here in Norway. Ut- yeah, something. I can't say that word, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know how it is in Norway. You get five, six weeks of vacation. I think I get six total at my job now. Yeah. And so uh, I had them left over, and they said, use them. I said, okay. So I just, now, how long have you been here in Norway? Uh, t- well, came here in 2012, February, so it's going to be almost 10 years since I first came to Norway. But I went transferred back to the U.S., uh, Alaska, for three years. Alaska. So that, that's I've where you're from about, originally, right? Yeah, I'm born and raised in Alaska. So, What a life. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, let me say this, and you tell me if I'm wrong. My impression of Alaska is, I, I could sum it up in one word, adventure. Adventure. Isn't it, isn't it still, they, I mean, they call it America's last frontier, but isn't yeah. that true? Isn't it still kind you, of open and wild and free? And if you want to chase it, it's there, yeah. But yeah. if you live in a big city, well, I mean, I say big city, but Anchorage, the biggest city. It's That's like normal, city life. yeah, normal yeah. American so, city life. City life with mountains all around, and you know. But if you, but if you, if you do want to really test your, <laughs> I call them life skills, <laughs> yeah. then you can do that quite easily in Alaska and live as people yeah. did on the American frontier a couple hundred years ago. You can get right? lost in an hour. You can get lost from the big city. Yeah, that, that, that's to me. That's just fascinating. <laughs> you know, growing up in a rural area myself. Uh, and, and nothing close to what Alaska is all about, but but that idea of being closer to nature, more out in the wild, where you really have to test yourself—that's yeah. appealing to me. It yeah. is to Snoopy as well. Okay. We 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 used to talk before we had kids, before we lost all of our dreams when yeah. we had kids. <laughs> okay, well, I don't <laughs> we, know that yet. You don't but... know that yet. Well, we're gonna have dinner afterwards. You'll see. Okay, I'm I'm joking. For those for those who have never listened before, you just have to get used to me joking about my family. I love them. <laughs> But no, uh, but before we had kids, we, we used to, and it's not that things were going bad here in Norway, but we yeah. did kind of entertain the thought of maybe moving back to the States oh, yeah. and finding a place out in the countryside yeah. in Alaska. In and Alaska, people do that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. People do that. You, uh, I mean, you have to understand what you're doing before you do that, though, of course. Because it entails a lot of changes. It entails a lot of challenges. You know, you can't just yeah. drop everything and show up there. No, no. You, but, you, need, to, uh, you need to be prepared, as they always say. But maybe you can speak to this. Um, it was around 2010, I'm thinking, when uh, you know the economy was really, really bad. You know, you have a lot of people on the right who claim that the economy is horrible now. It's not good, but it's much better than it was. Yeah. But back then, it was bad. People were losing their jobs. Things were shutting down. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing on the news from here in Norway, I was here in Norway at that time, seeing on the news that uh, a lot of people were literally doing what I said earlier, dropping their lives and just showing up, Mm, maybe just living from their car for a little while in Alaska, but then trying to find their way on a fishing boat, find their way into maybe the oil business or something. That is actually not something fun to talk about, but yeah, that's a problem with them ending up being homeless people and then maybe out in a different area of town where it's a lot cheaper to live further out from Anchorage and living in a crappy apartment, making meth and dealing drugs and 
And that, that has ramped up in the last 10 years, and maybe that's part of a result of that. I, Do you I think it's people, some of those people who possibly yeah. around you know, 2008, 2010, mm-hmm. 11, that they went out there to try and make it, it didn't work, so they're... They're falling take, back on taking illegal the easy activities. way out, selling yeah. drugs and, yeah, and yeah, hustling, hustling on the corner. Mm. Wow, but I don't know if that's in Alaska. That or, oh, we have a you know, huge when, we have a huge problem with meth out where I live. Yeah, about an hour from Anchorage. Yeah. Wow, so, mm. you know, and when when you think of those things, or when well, when you think when you think of meth, I think rural white. Mm, yeah. But when you think I mean, of the drug, is... but when you think of the drug thing in general, yeah. most people think uh, people of color inner city. Mm, yeah, I mean, so don't... Alaska is an example of this. What I'm getting at is Alaska mm-hmm. is an example that says that, that shows that the drug thing is universal. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't know color. It doesn't know region. It doesn't know no, uh, the difference no, between city and rural. It's there's just no color everywhere. in Alaska of anybody that's dealing the drugs. There's no it's specific just, color. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean actually, I I don't pay attention that much to that stuff. But maybe there's people that come from Philippines, I guess, and uh, that area. They they seem to be Samoans. There are a lot of those in Anchorage, and they are a lot of the ones involved in that. I, I don't know really. The, I don't know the reason. Philippines Samoans. Samoans, yeah. I never uh, would have. It sounds thought... racist to say that, but uh, there's an area, a few areas in town called Fairview and Mountain View in Alaska. <gasps> Well, I don't and think that's, that's racist to say it. I mean, okay. if you're just yeah. you're just I'm touching just, on some facts, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it asked, is, but it is every <laughs> well, true, but it is every it is really every color. And well, it is. You know, it, mm. I actually have a bit in my in my stand up routine. I do stand up, uh, uh, as as you all know. I don't think I've ever seen it, so I don't know. No, there's <laughs> there's no now. Maybe some people uh, filmed on the slide, but I have not put out oh, any. Okay. <laughs> Well, no, because right. everything has always been in the developing stage, and yeah. I was actually getting ready to do a one-hour solo show, yeah. and then COVID hit. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. And then I've, mm-hmm. I think I've maybe been on stage twice since COVID started. Okay. But I was on the run-up to doing an hour special. Okay. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? No, yeah, I have, a, I have a bit in my stand-up routine, you know, uh, uh, talking about the universal aspect of of uh, uh, addiction yeah. and things like that. And uh, I touch on the fact that my son, being biracial, his mother mm-hmm. his mother is white. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I made it funny, but <laughs> the point is, is that the whole thing with drugs, it kind of came to light that it's not just an inner city black thing. Oh, yeah. It no, came no. to light right around that time, 2008 or so, when mm-hmm. everybody was everybody was hurting right. because of the economy yeah, and, yeah. and the opiate uh, crisis, as they call it. Mm-hmm came to light for sure yeah i mean some people took to it to make money some people took to it to relieve their problems yeah both both uh both ways what's what's it going to take to fix the drug problem in america because it is a problem and they they continue this so-called war on drugs and nothing changes uh what marijuana legalization i mean marijuana do you consider it a drug or not i don't know I've never really been much into it myself. Well, the I coffee I'm drinking is a drug. Well, there you, you go. Know? And so is alcohol. Caffeine. Yeah, alcohol. alcohol is maybe worse than marijuana. So why is the line so strange? I don't know. It is very, it's very strange, but I think mm. it has to do with politics and it has to do with money. For sure. Um, now with marijuana, it has to do with taxation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think that anybody changed their moral views about know. marijuana. I think they just see a, they see two things. They see that it's ridiculous to keep fighting it, yeah. and they also see the the, the, the money making opportunities in the yeah. form of taxation. That's for the actually the, probably the worst problem of it now is now it's legal, but now there's money to be made. So, 
it's going to get corrupted. Well, going to yeah, get, it is it corrupted. It probably already is. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I bet if somebody were to do an expose, they would find that the people who have these licenses to manufacture and sell marijuana mm. legally yeah. have strong political connections. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a money-making scheme. And it's been corrupted since day one. And that's sad. It doesn't have to be that way. Uh-huh. I've never smoked marijuana, but I can tell you, working in law enforcement, I saw okay. I saw um I saw alcohol as a much bigger mm. societal problem than yeah. marijuana. Oh yeah. You know? For sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, somebody smokes marijuana, they don't go out causing fights or running around. Stealing. Yeah, the pro- the problems with the, the, the marijuana drug trade has always come from the, the, the you know the street fighting between the the, the, the gangs who are selling it mm, yeah, and the distributors back in in Mexico and all points south who are manufacturing mm-hmm. it that's where the criminal element has been and how do you fix that legalize yeah. it yeah yeah maybe that was part of the project <laughs> part of the reason <sighs> I think you and I should get into politics <laughs> I don't fix, know about. We, we'll flip a coin to see who's going to be president who's going to be vice president and then up, we start our campaign I think we'd end up <laughs> Wanting to do something else to ourselves before the end of it. Oh God, <laughs> we wouldn't want to be part of this earth anymore. We're getting too involved. Well, I, I think I'd lose my wife too oh, yeah. <laughs> if there I were to get involved in that. Oh man, mm. um, let me go back a little bit. What what is it that brought you to Norway? Was it work? Yeah, I um, been working with. I don't know if I should say it or not, but I'm going to say it. Oilfield Company. I'll just say that actually. Mm. And I was working in Alaska since well, they hired me in 1998. 96, I think. But then I went away and I came back in 98. So you're experienced in that field of work then? Yeah. For the company, I've done quite a few different things. But uh, so I went uh, back to school, though, in 2001 because the state of Alaska offered to pay for my degree, but only if I quit the job. Ah. Which, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, if they're going to pay for my schooling, which is thousands and thousands of dollars in the USA, of course, then I'll go for that. And, uh, so I told my boss, say, hey, I've gone back to school for four years, and I came back. They hired me back to the same exact job. Only okay. I got a lot more money that time, of course. But oh, Okay, so they did pay you. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, all that education. It made it worth it. Back to the same job and same pay. <laughs> no, okay. no, but no. same job and more money. That's a, a deal. Well, That's a a lot more money. Maybe one and a half, one and a half times more money to start. But, yeah. Did you get bored, though, because it's the same work? it was the same work? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, not a usual type of job either. It's kind of just an Alaskan thing or... Oil field shift work is uh, you do two weeks on and you do two weeks off of 12-hour days. How do you like that? Because that sounds like heaven to me. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. it is, you never know. You probably hate <laughs> it when you're working for two weeks, but you love it when you're Yeah, yeah, but I mean, weeks. even, uh, it's just, it's it sounds like heaven to me. Thing. Yeah, it's summertime maybe, it's, it's great, but in wintertime, you get those two weeks when it's, 40 below outside you don't you don't, you don't leave the house <laughs> you stay home for two weeks yeah playing halo on the xbox or whatever you know so hmm. but you've got a you know that's not the situation you have now now you're not two weeks on and two weeks off are no, you no, now it's I, more of a nine to five type of thing well, or... i wish it was nine to five but yeah, <laughs> i mean it's uh, i've been working very hard lately to make it a normal nine to five job but okay last winter i was 50 60 hours per week every week and in wow. norway of course that's that's unusual that's very unusual that's, an oil, that's in norway oil field jobs that is not on un, that unusual right it's, right it's just uh the american culture maybe has come over to norway now well it american, certainly has in the, the oil, oil business exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah via the via the, all the americans and the expats 
most of these companies are American companies. So, so what exactly so, do you do here in Norway on your job? Yeah, well, it's, you're not always on Facebook putting out beautiful <laughs> pictures from your living room window. That's not what you do. Well, it, it's sad how quickly you kind of get bored of that view, though, too. <laughs> I guess I'm yeah. six months into it now, and it's like, oh, yeah, there goes another ship. Okay. You got to come up to our place up in Finnmark, man. Oh, yeah? Up on okay. Sailand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you never get tired of that view. Okay, yeah. It's a little different. Luckily, I, uh, luckily you have a sunset. I don't have a sunset. I just have... Uh, I'm never up early enough for the sunrise. I get the sunrise from okay, my view. Yeah. I'm never well, up there. Never up that early. Well, up there we have the midnight sun. Oh yeah, of course. Which is just beautiful. You know, a lot of people think negatively about that, but I tell you, ah, it's yeah. it's there's something special. There's just something yeah, in yeah. the air when this when it's daylight all the time. Of course. I mean, I'm from further north than so here, you know, yeah, than here. So I mean, I I know the sun. I guess I mean up there it's not midnight sun, but yeah, it's, yeah. The sun goes down for three hours. Right. But other than that, yeah, it's. Oh, awesome. it's just... Uh, you can the, stay out doing whatever you want to do. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, and it gives you more energy. You know, you don't yeah. feel, or I don't feel tired. Yeah. You know, we, we would, uh, sometimes we'd get on the boat and we'd be out in the ocean fishing at 6 p.m. And all yeah. of a sudden it's 7, 8 in the morning the next yeah, day. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. okay, maybe we need to go back in. And, uh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But that's the way time goes up there. Yeah, it's I mean, that uh, eternal daylight. And you know for sure exactly the kind of thing that can happen, though, if you're... Uh, if you're just sleeping when you're tired and you get up when you're not tired anymore, if you're on your, like, like we were saying, the two weeks on, two weeks off thing, sometimes I would fall into that cycle of just sleeping when I'm tired and get up yeah. when I'm not. And I'd wake up and it'd be bright outside and I wouldn't know what time it is. Yeah. Is it six in the morning or 6 p.m.? I don't know. But isn't there something, uh, did, did you dislike that or did you enjoy that? Because I think there's some, yeah. there's a certain amount of, there's a feeling of freedom when you don't there have is. to, you don't have to worry about these stupid things and cell phones yeah, there and, is something and computers and laptops and you just. On your two weeks off, like I was, like, like I used to get, uh, it can be a little bit, but if it's, it's, it's a two way street, I guess, because if you sit for home for two weeks doing nothing, because I wasn't, I'm not into winter sports at all, really. No. I didn't have, I, I used to be into snowmobiles, but I didn't have one. So that was basically my only sport I used to in wintertime. And uh, if you stay home for two weeks playing Halo all night and watching Netflix <laughs> and then wake up at four in the afternoon, you kind of feel like a loser a little bit, even though you're not because you're working your two weeks of 12-hour days straight. So you're really earning your money, but you're earning your time off. But you still kind of feel a little bit like I should be doing something more productive. But Some people, um, you know, now as... Yeah. For, for those who are who are listening or watching now, I live in Drummond, but before when we, when we lived up north, yeah. there was a large number of guys in this town where we were who worked in the oil branch. Okay. And they all said that they enjoyed the two weeks on, the two weeks off, yeah. but there would always come this feeling of panic after maybe 10, yeah, <laughs> eight, nine, 10 days of being off. Yeah, yeah. Because then they're starting to think, okay, wow, I have to do this, that, and the other before yeah. I'm going to be gone again for two oh, weeks. Okay. And they would stress and kind of go into this panic yeah. mode to where they didn't really enjoy that, the second half also, of that. It's also that you know that the 12-hour days are coming for two weeks straight, too. Yeah. So your last three or four days of work or, or, or your last three or four days off are... Well, the oil branch is a young man's game, isn't it? Because of those long, uh, yeah. hard work week, you know, two it's weeks It's an old long. man's game, too, because the Is old it? men are making $200,000, $300,000 a year. That's true. So and those I'll, guys stick around as long as they can. That's true. So, you know. But what's an old guy in the oil business? An old guy in the oil business does not have a physical job. He has a job where he sits at a desk on a rig with a monitor in front of him. And he tells people what to do next. Some kind of engineer supervisor. Pretty much. He engineers... The guys I'm thinking of specifically are called directional drillers, and they 
sort of steer the rig. They, they steer because when they drill a hole, you, you may think they just drill a straight hole and they're done. They don't. They go down and they can turn left and right, up and down. And yeah. they, they pretty much drill horizontal through these beds of sands, sands where the oil is at. It's really fascinating. I and, mean, that's an engineering yeah. wonder yeah. that that is they possible. Turn, yeah. They can turn this big round piece of thick steel with a hole in the middle and they can turn it. How big around are those, are those drills? Uh, You're talking about a couple feet, maybe the bit, maybe is yeah, twelve and a quarter inch on oh, yeah, some can, of these. Not mid-size. bigger than that. It depends uh, how far down they go. They have to they have to use a smaller bit further down, and then okay. it's on a pipe that's maybe six and a half inches. No bigger than that, because that's actually very flexible when it's thousands of feet long. Of course, yeah. So, and and what's fascinating is you know you can only imagine, or I, you probably know, but I can only imagine yeah. the amount of pressure going through this six inch diameter pipe when they hit yeah. oil and it's well yeah they have what they call a mud that goes inside that pipe yeah and it weighs down anything that would be trying to come back up okay when you've heard of a blowout and the one that happened in bp i forget the exact name of it right now but uh that's what happened is they didn't have enough weight pushing down for the pressure of the earth really compressing pushing well, up. was that the one that happened off of um Louisiana somewhere. I yeah, believe. yeah. Yeah, I forget. Was it? Was that Shell Macondo? or was it BP? I think it was Macondo. I think it was BP. Okay, let's just blame BP. Yeah, uh, I'll, well. take, I'll not, take. They're the not lawsuit. doing so great. I'll right take the now. lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> Hope my boss isn't watching. But <laughs> no, but but you, your job again. I, I think I yep. interrupted you. You're starting to tell me what you do specifically. But what 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 is? Yeah, I mean, mine is maybe sort of boring. But See, you uh, keep saying that. I'm going to prove you wrong. I can tell you it is fairly, uh, it's fairly uninteresting. But then again, I've been doing it for 20 years. So <laughs> what, um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it now, this specific job for off and on for the last 20 years and uh, probably 15 years total doing it when I wasn't away or laid off. It laid me off. We talked about the, the slump. I got laid off from 2009 to 2011, I think it was. Two years. For two years. Yeah, you know, I was in California doing this same job. A little bit different part of this job. but What uh, part of Cal- California? Uh, Bakersfield. Okay. Uh, desert. Up in the uh, desert, yeah. Yeah, kind of a deserty, dry yeah. um, country, meth, filled with meth heads, yeah. <laughs> meth dealers. So you were unemployed in Bakersfield. Yeah, I was unemployed. Well, I was unemployed in Alaska, actually. I came back, you know, come back, live with mom and dad. You know? Okay, because that was my question. What did you <laughs> yeah. do to occupy yourself? What was that like, you know, two yeah. years of unemployment? Yeah. So you actually, actually went home to your parents. I came home to the house that I we've lived in since I was 16, 17, I think, when we moved into it. And I have a downstairs room. I actually still have this bedroom. It's been there for, I don't know how many years now. Of course, it's been there since uh, since I was 16, 17. I've had this bedroom. I'm going to edit this part out because I don't want my kids hearing that. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even in Norway, that is that is somewhat common for, for kids is. to live with their sure. parents until. Sure. Well, that family relate, yeah, and that family relation is important because you never know. Yeah, uh, but and it goes both ways. How do I know that when Snoopy and I retire, that hard times don't come and we might have to shack up with our kids yeah. and get some support? But then at the same time, if if you get along with your family and you all love each other, the and doors you enjoy are open. each other's company. The doors are open. Is yeah. there really anything wrong with? Somebody living at the, at the Absolutely house with their parents? Not. No, I mean, I... That's what family is supposed to be. You know, yeah. I had um, an episode released uh, previously, just 
a few days ago with uh, with Tiffany okay. and our and our our guest Michelle, um, a therapist from the United States, and we were talking about family relations yeah. and about how uh, you know the holidays come around mm-hmm. and some people look forward to it, but some people get extremely stressed yeah, because sure. they're going to have to sit and have Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner with that racist <laughs> uncle yeah, well. or with that, uh, maybe with that family member who molested them or something Ooh, like yeah. that. So family is not always this mm. insular, warm and secure unit yeah. that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but optimally, um, uh, you know, we should be able to always come home. Yeah, you should yeah. always have that I mean, solid That's the name of your thing. podcast, correct? Coming home <laughs> with John go. Allen. Well, well and, and that's good that you point that out because yeah. I'm, I don't know, everybody, it, to a certain extent, everybody is a product of their own life experiences and that includes yeah. their childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Snoopy and I have made a decision, we made this decision before we even had kids, kids <clears throat> that our kids are going to have a better childhood, mm. which will then lead them to a better adulthood than what yeah. she and I have. Yeah. Okay. So, so that is a very, that, I mean, that's something that she and I focused on from almost yeah. from day one as a couple mm-hmm. and, uh, we're trying to live it, you know, it's the name of my podcast. And I think that yeah. I hope people see it. that represents a huge part of my very existence mm-hmm. on this planet. Yeah. For trying sure. to put the word out there about what you can do, yeah. not just for yourself, but for your, for your family. And you brought up, um, maybe they have a, a bad uncle who's done things and yeah. I, I don't, I've never had to worry about that. I had a great family and that's beautiful. That's, you know, something we all enjoy each other's company. They come yeah. over here and visit me when they can. I go there every summer. I used to. I tell you when the family unit is strong and solid yeah. and the communication is good within that family mm-hmm. unit, it's 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 the crutch we all need in yeah, life. For sure. It's there for our enjoyment, it's there for our comfort, but it's also there to lift us up when we need it. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, I don't know what I would have done. Like I said, you know, I two mean, years. I, yeah. I got transferred to Bakersfield. I worked there for about a year, and they said, "Okay, this economy's gone." And, yep, I figured that. You're out of here. I was the last one in. I'm the first one out. Okay. Oof. And I didn't have much money. You know, they give you a little severance package of five thousand U.S. dollars. <sighs> Doesn't go very far. Gee, thanks. <laughs> and you get unemployment in the U.S. Yeah, that's not gonna not gonna carry my thousand dollar apartment that I thought was so fancy and nice because I was making good money. So yeah. I went all out and got a nice apartment. I had a new car. I had a new Subaru WRX 2007 Subaru WRX. Great car. Lots of money though. That sort of thing. So I came back and said, mom and dad, I'm coming home. And they yeah, said, let okay. Ask, let me ask you this. You had, you were making a living that supported the purchases and the lifestyle that you had, you know, the car and the yeah. apartment. You, you know, you, you weren't spending beyond your means by any means, oh, no. but having experienced those two years of unemployment now, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that you probably had to give up some of those things, maybe sell the car, get a different apartment, or at least make some drastic adjustments. Well, I, thinking now, would you, I don't know, do, do you live uh, 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 more conservatively with your purchases and your, well, your economy now having experienced that period yes, of unemployment actually i mean that, that teach a very, a it's a very good point because i was thinking of this my whole drive here i've been thinking of this because i've been wanting to get a tesla of course i live yeah. in norway but i have a i have a 2016 citroen cactus that i paid hundred thousand kroner for i bought it outright and uh <laughs> i have no payments on it i just pay insurance i pay the maintenance on it it just keeps going and going but I would love to have a Tesla. I would love to have something quick. This is a little three-cylinder car. It's kind of small, but it's not fancy, but it gets the job done. 
And so I'm, I'm torn, right? You know what I mean? This is sort of thing. Yeah. I, I would love to have a big fancy Tesla, but why would I want to get rid of this car when I, uh, when I have no problems with it? So, but you could afford that Tesla, but you're. I could easily afford the, the car I really, really would love to have, which is the million dollar Porsche Taycan. But yeah, uh -huh. I mean, I, I don't make light, small money over here, I guess is the way to put it. I make decent money, so I could easily afford. But you're more careful now than you would have exactly, been prior yeah, to that period of unemployment. Back to our point is I, I, I understand that, uh, especially in the oil field, uh, if a slump comes. You're going to feel it. You're, you're going to be unemployed. Yeah. You will probably get that job back in a few years, but you're going to be unemployed in the there'll middle. There'll be that period of struggle. So me, that's in the back of your head, the yeah. back of your thoughts now that you got to yeah, kind of yeah. be prepared and for so, that. So now I have my apartment, which is, I think, right on the water. It's fairly expensive, but it's, it looks nice. Yeah, it's a very nice apartment. Yeah. And it's basically a house. I have It's a rekahus, you would say, in Norwich. It's a townhouse. And, uh, you bought or you saw, are you uh, I'm renting? just renting it from okay. the guy. It's a big house, and then he has a thick concrete slab on the one side, and he has this other house. It's basically a house. It's a 90-square-meter, two-story house. Oh, wow. That's plenty of room On the side of his with a giant window that faces the water. Yeah. And uh, I can see the boats go by all day yeah. long, and I can... Yeah. There's nobody on the other side of the windows. It's an open, old forested area of a park. On the island that's on the other side, so it's great. I mean, it's a beautiful view, man. Yeah, I don't have any neighbors that can see in. I could do whatever I want. I would imagine that that does wonders for your psyche. You know, when you're on the job, uh, uh, <coughs> Sorry. we still have to get to what ex exactly what you. I keep interrupting yeah, you when well, you're trying to tell me. But 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 when you're on your job, and I'm sure it's important work. I'm sure it's at times stressful. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to go back to this beautiful place and just kind of. Yeah, well, you know, you know, with Corona right now, this beautiful place is my is my office also most of the time. So, have you not? You you haven't really. I I can tell you from my from my part. You know, I gave you a big old hug and a handshake when yeah, you came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just recently started doing that for a long time okay. after they after they kind of relaxed on the mask wearing and and, and everything yeah. here in Norway. I was still very careful. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, How do you feel? What's your What's your thoughts? What's your experiences so far with uh, with Corona here? I don't know. I uh, of course, obesity is one of the big ones that can actually make it a lot worse for you if you do get sick. And of course, I'm not a small guy, so I have been concerned that if I do get sick, do you have any be, conditions like asthma or? I don't have anything really. I a few years ago I had a bit of a strange health issue where I had the doctor said a spinal infection. Which then oh. caused, you may notice the left side of my face is a little bit different I saw that, than yeah. the right side. And sometimes people think maybe car accident or whatever, if they're brave enough to even ask. But um, no, it was spinal infection apparently and nerve damage, which wow. actually killed the nerves on the left side of my face. Wow, So man. when I smile, it's I saw that, yeah. a sideways smile. I'm like, my this is one eye. sarcastic motherfucker, but no, it's, it's because <laughs> half it your come face is... That way? I don't no, know. Just, Nobody says playing. anything in Norway because they're all sarcastic, <laughs> I think. Yeah. No, uh, but okay, so it, it, it gave you nerve damage and that's yeah, and paralyzed. It's, 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 it's not reversing. Or is it... I, he's, I think I need to go maybe see a doctor and get... But I don't even care. I mean, I really don't care about it that much anymore. When it first happened, I was like, oh no, but now... I would first, imagine it'd be a big first, shock all of a sudden. At first, I couldn't even close the eye, and this, actually, this left eyelid does not work at all. See, I can 
Yeah, I see that. It does wow. not move at all. But I can close the eye now, and I can. What was that like? Not being able smile. to close your eye when, like, when you. Uh, they make sleep. they make you keep a patch, an eye gel in there, and you wear you wear a protective eye patch, or you just keep the gel in it, and you really you can't see out that eye. Wow. But you tape the eyelid shut when you're sleeping. So what? What you tape it shut when you sleep? Yeah. Wow. yeah. So and what was what was the cause of this spinal? Uh, yeah, fluid? Was, was it a buildup or was just, it a lack of? I don't know how the spinal infection happened, or if it even happened. I'm still a bit lost on that. Mm. The doctor said he thought it was a spinal infection, but then he never followed up on it. I never heard him say anything else. Oh, who's this doctor? Let's it's go not, after it's this. It's not guy. that he didn't follow up on the condition, but he didn't follow up on what caused it. He did check and I wasn't infected. My blood was not infected or anything of that sort. So he did understand that there was no infection at the current time. So it was, it was a straightforward infection. It wasn't like a buildup of spinal fluid or a, or yeah, a I don't, lack we don't, of... We don't really know. Just, I don't think he even wow. knows. I don't, I don't think anybody knows. It's called Bell's Palsy. If you ever, uh, if you look it up, it's just Bell's Palsy. I'm going to look that up. That's and, fascinating. Uh, it's a very rare condition. It doesn't happen to too many people. I think... So some celebrities have had it. Even George Clooney, if you ever notice his face, is right. a little bit like that. That's where I heard of it. Yeah, George and, Clooney. Uh, I can't even think of who else. It's not very common. Uh, but, didn't Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, maybe Sylvester Stallone. You yeah. notice? You notice his face is sideways. Yep. yep. There you go. Yep. yep. Sideways. <laughs> George, George Clooney and. <laughs> It's not, quite, it's not quite sideways. Hey, it's not, it's, it's, I'm in I'm in ranks with George Clooney, Sylvester Stallone, and me. The triumvirate. There you go. It's perfect. So, no, let me ask you, and I'm not going to interrupt you this time. What do you do what on your do job? I do? Yeah. Well, as I was saying, directional drilling, they basically can steer the bit through horizontal uh, beds of sand, really, where the oil yeah. is sort of trapped. Yeah. And what I do is that, they need to know the direction that they are drilling yeah. and that can be affected by quite a few different things. The earth's solar flares, the earth is hit by solar winds from the sun, which are magnetic. And yeah, that affects and, drilling? And the earth. Oh yeah. That affects because you have a 10,000 piece, 10,000 long or more 16,000 foot long piece of steel. And that's just sort of a big antenna or sort of a big uh, receiver, however you want to put it. So are we talking about like magnetic pull on the drill bit? Yeah, then? well, or the... the tools in the it's uh, technical. It's a little, little boring. <laughs> I already warned you, but uh, basically they have. I think it's fascinating. They have these three sensors. Yeah, they call it the X, Y, and the Z, and they all sit like this in the tool. There's two of them. One can be used for gravity. Can read the gravity. Wow. Just depending on how it is, they can figure that out. And also the same for their azimuth, their direction, because these tools are oriented in the tool, one one horizontal, one okay. like this. And so that, that tells them, because they, they could they can get the data back up. So so is that used, in real time. Uh, is, is is this, these directional azimuth, azimuths? Yeah. Asmi? Asimuth? Azimuth, yeah. Azimuth. Is is, yeah. Azimuths? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say asmi. Plural. <laughs> you make it a new word. I'll, try it. I'll push it to the <laughs> bosses and see what they say. Hey, man, I might get it. Yeah, yeah. give it we'll a shot. We'll write you a contract. Thank you. There you go. No, but when they use this X, Y, and Z and these coordinates or whatnot, is it not? Is it just to read the direction, or can it also adjust that then? Yeah. The, well, change? that's sort of the same. That's sort of the thing is they need to know where they're going because they're heading to specific areas yeah. where the company may think that there's oil or they've had oil before maybe 60 in the 60s i guess actually not, yeah. not 60 years ago 
is that 60 years ago? Yeah, I guess it is 60 years ago now. <laughs> God, I was born in 72, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> born in 72? Born in 72, man. I'm, I'm a six, almost 69, 69 model. Okay, year. well, there you go. In the 60s, back, way back when. <laughs> way back when. On a grassy lawn. Yeah, but uh, at no. the tail end of Woodstock. <laughs> That's when they first said, yeah. <laughs> damn, that is about right. <laughs> a, hey, May, Woodstock was in June, wasn't it? I, and I was born in yeah. May, so a little bit before. You're older than Woodstock. Bit, I'm older than, good God. <laughs> but you know what, that's not an insult. I like, thank you. I'm going to use, I'm older than Woodstock. Go. I'm going to use that. Sounds good when you say it that way. No, um, so yeah. You, are, so you, are you the reader of these coordinates or? Yeah, well, in a, in a way. I mean, these come up. And the raw number is known, but then what we do is we correlate the data and we check with previous people. He correlates the data of, <laughs> I correlate the data. <laughs> I make things up sometimes. <laughs> Hope my bosses aren't watching, but, uh, we, 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 it's very, very technical. Actually, we have to go through the data and we can look for, we can compare previous survey stations they're every 130 feet apart, and we can compare all these stations to uh -huh. look for trends on the data to tell if these sensors, maybe maybe when they were running in a hole with these sensors, yeah. they bumped it or something, and, it, and it, okay. it possibly, it would be nothing. You wouldn't even see it, but it can be enough to make this data off by just a little bit. And if it's off by just a little bit, I can, I can picture if it's off by yeah. a millimeter... Yeah. When you're when you're drilling down five ten thousand feet, that oh, yeah. one millimeter. If you're twenty thousand feet out. That's a big. Think, that's a long distance from where you are. Yeah. But you've been bumped off to where right. you're. You can see be, that's not boring to me. That's fascinating. You can be a few thousand feet off. But see, that's fascinating to me. Okay. I love that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I when I think of they're drilling for oil, I'm like, yeah, they're drilling for oil. Yeah. But there's so much more and to you, it than before that. today. You probably thought they just drilled a straight hole. <laughs> no, I had because I had okay. read. Um, I haven't really talked about this very often, but okay. back in back around that time, two thousand eight, mm -hmm. two thousand and ten, and whatnot, yeah. um, we were living up north, okay. and I had my own business. I had uh, three gyms that I owned. Okay, but there was something that was fascinating uh, that I thought was fascinating that was happening ba happening back home in the states, and that was you know people were losing their jobs. I talked to you about how I was reading about people going to Alaska, but a lot of people yeah. were also going to the Dakotas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just driving with their car and the few possessions they could yeah. fit in there yeah. and getting a job in the oil business. Yeah. Um, That's when they were I, doing all the fracking stuff. Yes. And, you know, and that was when um, all of a sudden these oil towns, as they call them, mm. were sprouting up all yeah. over the Dakotas. And, you know, the, they had their own internal economy and people were working at McDonald's getting paid $30 an hour. Mm. Yeah. And things like that. And it just seemed fascinating to me. And the money was incredible. Yeah, People yeah. were making so much money. And I just thought, maybe I should look into that. I didn't need to do it. I didn't have any economic reason for doing it, but it was a sense of adventure. And Snoopy and I were really talking about that. And I, I was kind of, that microphone just, yeah. you got a magnet <laughs> in your face and it's pushing a... <laughs> That's, That's yeah, there we go. Okay. It keeps rolling back. Now, uh, so, so I was really looking into into doing that. So I started doing a little bit of research, and that was when I first realized that they don't just drill straight down; they're going yeah, side yeah. to side, zigzag, and that yeah, was I mean, fascinating to me. And I could I never really dug into how they did it, but just the fact that they were doing it fascinated me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it helps them drill one well and get so much more out of 
where they're trying to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's more effective, I would assume. Definitely, for sure, yeah. They're going, literally going in the direction where the oil is to be found yeah. instead of just yeah. straight down and hoping so, that there's oil there. So the part of that is also, I guess we got into it earlier, the magnetics, Earth's yeah, magnetic field. Yeah, the solar flares. Never, solar flares is part of it. That affects the Earth's magnetic and field, the Earth's which magnetic will then... magnetic field is never stable. It's always constantly changing. And so that that's going to push those. on the flow of that yep. pipe, and of that we drill have, bit. We have sensors around the world we have sensors here in norway and and uk that we use to tell them what those readings are and we can apply those readings to the actual data on a minute by minute basis wow. down and take that calculation out of the error take the error of how that dare out. you say this is boring i think this is I, fascinating this, i love this kind of this stuff, is boring man. me right now is there a nice <laughs> is there a blanket here that i can lay down i uh <laughs> yeah i'm all this on a cassette tape i can just push play and listen to it and there i'll wake you, you up i'll wake you up when i'll wake you up when the food is done <laughs> right on all right <laughs> no i um it, it's such um you know it, it, the 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 effects on uh on nature, uh, you know, on the environment and stuff. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But the process, I think, is so fascinating. And it's there's so much knowledge. There's so much technicality there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of smart people. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing this kind of... Don't, don't point at me when you say smart people. <laughs> <laughs> I just what, do what I do. <laughs> what, what, what exa and what exactly is your position called? What's the, what's your title? <clears throat> um, it's... It's... Really, it's kind of called survey analyst. Survey analyst. I'm an analyst, I guess, in yeah. the basic. So there's nothing boring about being an analyst. Yeah, on, well, yeah. I mean, I, I deal with that, and I also deal with a lot of the real time operations and oil field is high pressure, and uh, things need to be done now. I and mean, we even that's what I was talking about about the stress element in your job and how yeah, it must yeah. be so nice to go back to that beautiful apartment that yeah, you have. Yeah. I mean, like I told you earlier, I've been trying to. Uh, See if this microphone will stay. I've been that trying that so for a weird. while, too. I don't know why it keeps but, rotating uh, like that. <laughs> next kind of... Okay. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to cut down on my overtime. Last winter, I guess it was, I was doing 50, 60 hours per week. You know what? Pull some slack on that cord on the on the microphone. Maybe this that's, what, oh, maybe that's pulling it. There we go. Let's see, we figured things out here. Come on, Mr. Analyst. Oh, you should have seen on. that. Well, I'm a is, commoner, is, and I figured this out, Mr. This Analyst. This is too technical. <laughs> I'm more open general <laughs> so yeah so now it's too close <laughs> okay i think it's because we turned it now hang oh, on oh gosh there, there we, we go. go i think that'll be just about right there okay perfect all but, right um no so there, there's so many um uh, intricacies there's so many technical aspects it's not yeah. just drilling for oil Oh, no. I mean, Good Lord, you guys are talking about measuring solar flares and Earth's magnetic field and stuff, and I don't think... Yeah, you're talking... Yeah. You're talking a difference of, um, say, you think you're going 212 degrees, but you're actually going 212.3. You do that for thousands of feet, you're going to end you're way up off. thousand feet difference yeah. or more. We actually have calculators to figure that out, but yeah, that's... I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, today, or actually that would have been last night, but today here in Norway on uh, mm -hmm. Chris Cuomo's show, and they were talking about NASA is going to shoot up this, it's basically a satellite, but they're going to use it almost like a missile okay. to where they're going to they're gonna shoot it into a an asteroid that's going to come mm. in October of 2022. Okay. And they're going to 
hit this asteroid with that thing to test the ability to alter the course of an asteroid in case something would happen. And he went into the mathematical aspects of it, talking about how you can't be just a little bit off. You cannot be 0.000 millimeters off because when you're talking about that's even hundreds of thousands of of miles in outer space, there's a big difference. So that's even, uh, it's fascinating tighter than anything we we ever have to worry about. And it's fascinating that people actually have to consider those kind of calculations in order to do, you know, what you guys do with drilling oil, much less this thing with outer space. I mean, yeah, those guys are, those guys are miles ahead of us. Uh, That's fascinating. (laughs) Sorry, we're in Norway. Kilometers ahead of us. Kilometers ahead of us. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's fascinating. It really is. Um, This is not boring (laughs) to me. (laughs) When, when you started working Hmm. in the oil business, um, was it something that you had always wanted to do? How did you, how did you end up? It's one of those things in Alaska. In Alaska, I guess you you sort of just end up in the oil field. Just uh, yeah, that's the biggest industry there, and that's the money money bringer, I guess. Yeah, or the money giver if you're taking it. And I actually started out. I don't know, you know, I graduated in 1990, and I didn't do much of anything for the first 10 years. I worked in, I worked in oil oil. I worked in uh, auto parts actually start, and then I uh, just selling auto parts. Yeah, friend and I. We we're both about 21, 22. They actually put us in sort of in charge of an entire store, and we ended up being the best store in Anchorage for really a year or two somehow, just because he and I had an attitude of different than most of the stores of was helping the customer find the part that they're looking for. Uh. Because there are computers for finding auto parts, and there are books for finding com- auto parts. I see. Uh, if you have the books, you can find basically everything if you take the time. Okay. And none of these stores, none of these people maybe, are willing to devote the time to try to find, help every customer. And so that just sort of... Uh, customer service. We're getting off track a little bit, I guess, but... Uh, no, no, this is your story. We're, this, we're on track. This, this store, is your story. We, we used to make sure we ordered every single paper catalog we could get for every brand of auto parts. And we had the biggest book selection, the biggest book rack in yeah. the entire town. So, so you put that extra something into the customer service then kind of goes from there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we did auto parts, but then at a certain point I realized there's not much of a future in auto parts, selling auto yeah. parts. And I decided to go back to school the first time. I guess that was actually the second time I tried school first without ever doing a job <laughs> other than actually I, I did have, you know, I had jobs when I was a kid. Of course, everybody has those Burger King and I worked, at, yeah. uh, worked at the, Parks, the city of Palmer, Alaska, cleaning the state parks and things like that, camping parks and all that, okay. and uh, cleaning up after nasty people who RVs just dump their shit right on the, I don't know if we can say that word here. Hey, Sorry. I've had Tiffany Troutman <laughs> on my, oh, well, then she, everything you can goes. curse. Okay. You can curse. Nobody has shut us down well, after Tiffany. shit, everything can- goes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, um, I guess you kind of learn a lot when you're uh, dealing with uh, strange Strange things in Alaska, I guess. So there was no direct path to it, but eventually you landed there because it was, uh, it's like, like, again, uh, when we were living up north, uh, most of the men up there worked in the oil branch. That's just what you did up there. An opportunity was there. The money was good. That's where you went. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. uh, My dad was a machinist in Alaska for 45, 50 years, and... 
he knew the guys that got me the first job. My first job was basically going to the North Slope and every... The North Slope, what's that? North Slope of Alaska, about 800 miles north of Alaska, or of Anchorage, is Prudhoe Bay. That's where all the main oil field okay. drilling yeah. is done. That's, you know, winters is negative 40, negative 60 Fahrenheit. Love it. doesn't even matter at that point. 60 centigrade, 60 below the sarin. Yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all cold as hell. <laughs> That's all that matters. But, yeah, so my first job there was literally every half hour, every hour, I go up and I get a sample of this drilling mud that we've talked about before. Yeah. Because it will have come up then by then and have the actual... Um, samples of the drilling formation. Okay. And so they want to check that. And I retrieved those, and that that was a $1,000 a week job just to do that. So really? I, I couldn't pass that up. Wow. Yeah. When you're, and back uh, in those days, that was... When you were a 25-year-old kid in 1996, yeah. 97, that's, that's long. making $1,000 a week. As Samuel L. Jackson would say, that's long money. <laughs> that's long money. <laughs> that's, that's the... Uh, that's, yeah. It's hard to pass that up. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the same company. So I've just been there ever since. It's where the money is. It's where the knowledge is. Do you feel like you're constantly learning new things? I mean, you know, there's new methods that they're finding. Yeah. So I would imagine it's a steady influx of new information for you to adapt and analyze and then put it to work. Well, I mean, am I wrong? It's kind of haven't changed that much. There are changes really? that are that are tempted and then uh, we're constantly testing new things which can cause other problems with the customer okay because you think about what these rigs are doing they're drilling million dollars a day two million dollars a day it costs to run these rigs and if i and even that's part of the problem with how the stress comes about is even if i do something wrong i can cost this rig three, four, five million dollars because it might take them two or three days oh, to has pull that ever everything ha- out of hole. Has that ever and happened? Run back in hole. To me it has not yet happened. Give me some examples of what can go wrong. What can a person do to cause that kind of trouble? Yeah, I mean, what happens? You might not pick up on a trend in that analysis that we talked about and you might steer them the wrong direction. You could potentially run into another well because there are thousands oh. of these wells down there. Oh, basically everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. that's part of why the directional drill is because it might have to right. go around things too it's not just down and slant either it can be down slant turn, zigzag yeah drop turn left right up down to get around wow. these other wells they are opening up these wells these, these areas so much imagine the guy who just had a rough day and he missed a you know yeah. he wrote he wrote down 0.01 instead of 0.001 yeah, and then is, all of a sudden, $10 million is, correction has to be implemented. Yeah. Imagine being that guy. They have to pull out of the hole. They have to then oh. run cement down and make this this new hole filled with cement so that it's not open and dangerous. And Imagine that can, being that, that guy. That can be a five, six, seven-day job. Just Good Lord. Then they have to re-drill off a different direction, and they have to get try to get back to where they're trying to go. All you ever see anybody be, get fired because of a mistake like that? Yeah, I, yes, actually, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the guy that I replaced when I got transferred back to Alaska in 2018, <laughs> or no, 2015, 16, God, I don't even know anymore. But yeah, he's he got fired for doing almost the exact same thing. Oh, man. He punched in a number wrong in the computer, and then it ended up being somewhere completely different. Do they have, um, do you have like a, a yearly regiment of, 
courses or education that you have to do internally to keep those yeah to keep that position or there are instruction courses built into the company system that you need to watch basically there are some instruction courses in person but not for my job my job is actually not too many people do this job in the world at all i mean it's maybe 50 to 100 people that have ever that have ever uh, really at this time that do this just specific Look, man, job. If you say if you say one more time that your job is boring, I'm gonna. I'm, well, I'm, that's, <laughs> I think it's it's so boring that nobody wants to do it. Is that what it is? So okay, gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> so it's fifty people, maybe even like twenty. I don't know. That's amazing. You're one of only a handful of people who do what you do. Yeah, it's, it takes a lot to learn how to do this job, and there's so much you have to know. Sure. Much to watch out for, and there's just so much pressure. Maybe nobody wants to do it. I don't know. Maybe I just I just don't care. Something... Well, knowing that the smallest of errors, the smallest of oversight, yeah. can have astronomical yeah, uh, effect. Are, that is incredibly there are stressful. checks and balances. Everything, everything you do to a point, everything you do is checked by somebody else, and sometimes two or three other people. So there are checks to do everything. But then that's amazing in real time drilling overnight you're the only person that has their eyes on something maybe the, maybe there's another person uh what we call the real-time operations center in it's we say houston but the guys are in alaska louisiana yeah. they're based out of houston but they're not always there okay but we call it the real-time operations center and we run through them but they don't always check as they should because they have 20 or 30 of these going at the same time. And they don't have time to do much of anything other than one job to the next and change what we ask them to change. It's sort of a very stressful system. Do they have a strict uh, drug testing program or any health requirements or anything like that? Yeah, there is. Probably drug testing uh, quite often, I would imagine. There's drug testing and alcohol testing. If you come in smelling of alcohol, and especially the guys that go to the rigs, of course, sure. they, are, they do not allow Well, they're putting their lives in others' lives anything. in their hands. Yeah, anything yeah. that even by that, by that margin, even I am, I, I work on shore, but I can also cause an error that can be a danger to the rig. So we're all drug tested. Uh, they legalized marijuana in Alaska, of course, but our company still required drug testing. And even when you're going your two weeks off, you would think, okay, so I... Maybe I could smoke something now. I I didn't, but you think maybe you could yeah. if you were into that. And but if you take you your job your serious, off, if you take your job seriously enough, you'll just stay away, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you need to because yeah. if they test you, it'll still be in your system two weeks later if you do marijuana. So yeah, yeah, even though it's legal, it's not legal at the off the office. So. Well, this conversation has given me a whole new uh, respect for the for the the people that work in the you know and all yeah. environmental things aside. I'm just talking about the people who actually do the work. It's not, mm. you know, you can't be a jughead and do this job. It sounds like there's a lot of technical, <laughs> yeah. a lot of you gotta have the smarts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends. We have those guys too, but they're usually yeah. they do the simple jobs. I guess they're the ones that do yeah. what I used to do: run up, run up every half hour to an hour and grab a grab a vial of mud and bring it back uh, to the geologist to look at the guy that makes the $300,000 a year. The old guy we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That guy, that's the guy, the yep. guy sitting uh, with, <laughs> he uh, sits in the office with, with <laughs> me in a little, 
Uh, if I don't know if you know what an ATCO unit is or sort of a small construction, yeah, just yeah. a temporary building. Yeah. They put those on the rigs and you sit in those. He sits there, makes $300,000 a year. I run up and down the stairs, bring him his mud, and I make $24,000 a year, whatever it was when I was young. <clears throat> Can you say anything about um, the cooperation between the oil business and – because I would imagine there's a lot of opportunities for some scientific knowledge to be gathered. Whether it's from environmentalists, yeah. whether it's from a geologist, maybe from the government, you know, just I, about what's hap- what's going on down there under the the Earth's crust. Yeah, going, I mean, I don't think you know? we we I don't think we have anything new to learn nowadays. No, I think you don't think so. They've been drilling for well over hundred, maybe hundred and yeah. forty years or more than now. But yeah, I don't think there's too much to learn. Mm-hmm. They don't go deep enough to really do much past the the upper crust that we're already in. So yeah. Yeah. Not much not much else to learn. No. To drill anything further, it was just almost impossible. The temperature gets just the temperature gets too high even to Yeah. To go too far before you start having so many issues. So it's, your job is far from boring. Shame on you telling me it was boring. <laughs> well, I still I'm making not sure. me feel like I wasn't gonna have much to talk with you about. <laughs> and here well, we go. You here know? you go. Yeah, well. <laughs> so you're just out on vacation, you're just um you're just uh, traveling this uh, little little land called Norway. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it's been a long time since I, I I'd have to go back to the middle '90s when I was finished uh, with my active duty U.S. Marine Corps and I took a job as a truck driver okay. to kind of get my head together and figure out what I was going to do with my life yeah. and. That's when I fell in love. Well, actually, I was already in love with traveling, you know, a, a road trip. But I okay. really fell in love with it as a as a truck driver, just being out in the countryside, just me, just driving. Yeah, now, yeah. I've never done that as a vacation, so to speak, like what you're okay. doing now. But really? that whole thing about being on the road, excuse me, about <laughs> being on the road by myself, yeah. uh, uh, that appeals to me. Okay, yeah, yeah. You don't feel, I mean, a lot I, of people are kind of like, oh, I'm going to, that's know. weird, I'm going to take a trip by myself, but. Really? Oh, I mean, why not, right? Snoopy, <laughs> Snoopy will do that in a heartbeat. She did, heck, yeah. she was traveling all over Europe and the States when okay. she was just a teenager by herself, yeah. just okay. for the adventure of it. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So you obviously don't have a, have an issue with that. No, I mean, what option do I have? I'm the only one over here right now. Yeah. <laughs> What are you well, gonna do? Well, there's these Norwegian <laughs> ladies. They, yeah, uh, they every once in a while they find us Americans. I'm attractive. not sure how interested they'd be in. Uh, <laughs> I haven't tried. Hey, you got that long money I was talking about. <laughs> that might be attractive. There you go. Yeah, that yeah. might be something. Mm-hmm. In no, but I, I, I have found that you know I, of course uh, I'm married to Snoopy, who is Norwegian. Yeah. But I think yeah. Norwegian women in general are much less materialistic than American women. Yeah, I think they're I think much they're, less uh, caring about what salary a man makes no for American. sure i might get into some trouble maybe here, they're more uh, looking for somebody who can go hike the mountains and that's certainly well, yeah, not me there's a different so, cultural focus yeah. there's a different looking cult- for a fit man that's not me at all so i don't know if i've tried too much <laughs> <laughs> well no but there there is a there is a cultural difference there's a different cultural focus uh um not just the women but the people in general here in norway as oh, yeah. opposed to back home definitely um yeah. You know, the, mm. the, the USA is so focused on the rat race, you know, the nine to five work, right. work, 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 yeah. work. And you can do that here in Norway and get caught up in that. But what's fascinating mm. and what's different is that if you choose to, you know, uh, 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 take advantage of your free time, yeah. you can very easily do that here in Norway. And you have your five, six weeks of vacation. Yeah, yeah. For um, sure. Mm. It's a good life. 
Yeah, so you like it here. Life. You like it here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going home at some point. But I like it here too. At it's some point, what would that point to have say. to be? What what has to happen for you to actually pack up and move back home? I don't have too many reasons. Uh, yeah. Maybe a job that's fairly similar to what I have now, making the same amount of money, would probably be enough. Really? I just there's things about uh, here and there that I miss. Like I have, uh, I think I'm down to just one right now, but I have some classic cars and I have a 77 Jeep J10 pickup truck. It's oh. been restored by a guy in Seattle about 10 years ago and I bought it from him pretty cheap. He hadn't had it running in 10 years or whatever, so I bought it. That's on my list of dream cars, actually. Okay. Yeah. In I'll fact, say. I think I said that to you once. I think you posted something online. You may have online. seen it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Of course, yeah. I keep forgetting you're on Facebook. You, I'm you've, on Facebook. Seen, yeah. you've seen this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I but have yeah. that truck, and uh, it's sitting at home. I don't know if I'm going to bring it over here or not. I would like to, but it doesn't make much sense. But, sure, uh, it does, man. If you yeah. have, if you have, well, I don't know. Mm. I, I believe that if you, if if one has the means to do these things yeah, yeah. that bring comfort, one should do it. Yeah, but you then know? the other aspect of that is fuel over here is what. I mean, it's cheaper now than it used to be, but it's still seven, eight dollars a gallon yeah. if, you, if you work it out. And I think uh, it's just beyond eight dollars, eight dollars and so many cents now. Well, I could drive, I couldn't drive the thing as much as I would like to. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nowhere, nowhere to go off roading if you want to go off roading, really. That's true. There's a few. I, I do have That's some good off roading friends on my Facebook pages and yeah. coworkers. Some of them have the big Arctic trucks, which are famous over yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, they would know where to go. That that wouldn't be a big deal, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's. It's not easy. It's, it would be a bit of a job to get that vehicle over here. It's yeah, not easy. Sure. We brought a uh, Blazer, Chevrolet Blazer, with oh, okay. us when we came here. We the sold big it one since or then. The big one or the full size? One? Oh, okay. Yeah. Or full Well, uh, you know, you have the Suburban, you have the Tahoe, and all right. the stuff, and then you have the Blazer. We yeah, had the Blazer. Yeah, called the K5. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Blazer. Yeah. I don't know. 19, yeah, yeah. 1998 Chevrolet Blazer. Okay. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful truck, and 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 yeah. we brought that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, get this, back then. Yeah. Well, I, because, I know what you're going to tell me already. <laughs> yeah, because Snoopy was a Norwegian citizen mm-hmm. repatriating. Right. She could bring a vehicle with her with yeah. no fees, no. Exactly. It, it, so it was basically free to bring it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what enabled us to do yeah. that. Yeah. I think uh, even if you're here, like I am a citizen work permit, that type of thing, if you've had the vehicle, Three or four years before you bring it over, I think you're still allowed. You were still allowed to do that. I think they've kind of reeled now in it's, now. Yeah. I think not anymore. Pretty much, you always have to pay the enormous fees to get now a vehicle it's, in. Now, now it's that yeah. way for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we had that had that Blazer. Drove it for five, okay. five years, six years maybe before yeah. we sold it. Okay. Uh, a little bit. Uh, a little bit of a large vehicle for over here, I guess. Well, we needed it because, again, yeah. up north. Okay. Uh, actually, before, when we first came to Norway, we, we lived uh, a little ways away from here out in okay. uh, in Hudum. Hmm. Um, and we were starting to think about selling it, but then when we decided we were going to move up to our place up north, we figured, yeah, we're going to need this because of the snow. Okay. So we had oh, yeah. good use for that vehicle up mm-hmm. there, but it just started to get, so expensive for repairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you, they just didn't have those particular Chevrolet parts. Yeah. yeah even, so we, they would have to either buy it from Sweden or we would actually okay. have friends who okay. were coming here. We had some friends who, uh, who have, who have property here in Norway. So they would come every year. So we would okay. actually buy stuff ahead of time and have them bring it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was just too expensive to keep it. So we and sold it. 
And those vehicles you're talking about, those are actually fairly popular over here. They were. And well, still yeah. Have. And the thing is, is we, you know, it had, it had, um, uh, it was a six seater. Mm, okay. Yeah. And here, if you want any seats besides the front uh, passenger seat and the driver's seat, you got to pay extra for it, oh, yeah. which is ridiculous, but mm -hmm. that's the way it is. Right. So that was a that was a luxury to have that blazer yeah. here. Oh, yeah. We got a good price for it when we sold it. It was okay. not uh, it was not it was not hard to sell that yeah. thing at all. Okay, good. so uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you think you had trouble finding parts for uh, what was a fairly new vehicle at the time? I would have yeah. I would have a nightmare trying to get that parts. would be pretty much impossible. Yeah, yeah. Although I do have some good friends that would know how to find uh, yeah one friend of mine is the leader of the rogaland automotive m m car club so, so there's your connection yeah i would probably just have but it still me. would be crazy expensive exactly the yeah. money is the other part <laughs> yeah yeah even with long money folks you got to take take that into consideration with a vehicle not, in norway well you may not be long money for too much longer either <laughs> long money to short money <laughs> it happens go. listen i want to ask you something as we wind this up I want to ask two favors okay. from you. The first one, uh, I'm going to say two words. Okay. And I want you to finish the sentence for me. One uh, sentence. I don't know about this one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, here's the challenge now. Yeah. You're a smart guy. You can do this. All right. <laughs> Vic is. Vic is living in Norway. He's not sure why. He's not good sure enough? why. <laughs> but is that, is that, is that a fact? Are you feeling kind of. I don't know. Is it homesickness? Or are you a little uncertain about your future here? Well, in yeah. I mean, what family and friends are back home? I have some friends over here, work friends. Uh, it's not the same as family, though. Some, it's not the same yeah, as those old time friends from back, back home, is well, it? No. Yeah. I mean, uh, friends that I know from when I was a kid or whatever. Yeah, they're not the same as people over here. But of course, Norwegian friends. You don't know if they're ever your friends anyway. You never can tell. I'm not being rude. I'm uh, taking our welfare into consideration. Oh. This is Snoopy saying she's on her way to get the food. Uh oh, okay. So, well, that's good. <laughs> good timing. There you go. No, mm -hmm. so it's. No, I've been here for 20 years. Okay, yeah. And uh, 19 years, actually. It'll be 20 years this coming summer. Um, and I enjoy it. Yeah. It's been fascinating. Mm -hmm. I've had my share of success. I'm quite comfortable. And my family is extremely happy. Yeah. But it's not home. No. There's always that little thing gnawing at me. Yeah. It's like an invisible hand taking my head and turning it back towards my place back home in Ohio. Right. Yeah. And what I'm afraid of after 20, almost 20 years here is that I'm homesick for something that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> 20 years is true. a long time and yeah. things change. I mean, yeah. look at the, look at the social and political environment now yeah. and how much it's changed just over the last four years. I would guess Ohio was probably very deep red too. So if you're not, well, Ohio's not deep red. Ohio's it's always been, okay. I mean, you know, they, it went red. They call it purple, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is red and yeah. some parts of Ohio are deep red. Yeah. Um, and judging from some of the social media comments by some former classmates, mm. it's, 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 pre it's pretty red. Yeah. It's pretty red back yeah. in my hometown anyway. My, uh, so my, I, my state is 70% or something. Yeah. I'm not going to play, not going to say one way or the other what I think of it, but <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not, uh, it, it, you know, like I say, I feel like I'm, I'm homesick for something that doesn't yeah. exist because things have changed and yeah. I haven't been home a lot, but every time I have gone home, I've really noticed the change. Yeah. yeah. Um, people think different and my way of thinking mm. 
is based on what I was thinking 20 years ago when I was there. Well, I wonder if, uh, I mean, I've, of course, I've lived there just 2016 to 2018, so three yeah. years. Yeah. I lived back home again, and yeah. uh, I wonder if maybe Alaska's a little more isolated and sort of always been of the mindset they still are. Yeah. Uh, that's a fairly Republican state. Yeah. But they're also fairly independent and they they don't just vote for one person or the other. They 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 just make up their own mind what they what they like. I was just gonna say Alaskans seem to even though they may call themselves a Republican or call themselves yeah. a Democrat, they're more free thinking. And yeah, it's they, not dependent on the party, it's dependent on the person and what they do, their history, their that's track record. Really the way it should be. You shouldn't Amen. Be stuck to one party because Isn't this crazy the way things are now? Yes, it is. It's very un un What's the word? Uh, not understandable, I guess. Is it's the, not understandable, and it's it's it's. Fr I think it's frightening and very sad that the political environment has so affected the social environment. Yeah. Because now yeah. you hate each other because of what political party you support. Yeah. Even that, look, that even, blows my mind that that's possible. Yeah. How can that be in I, in the United States of America? I don't know. I mean, uh, at least a number of my friends, I would guess, are supporters of Trump and unvaccinated for corona right now which is a part of that whole thing which trump has led to people will not wanting to be vaccinated yeah. which is just insane to me yeah yeah and they make up these excuses that it's they don't know the effects of this vaccination or the long-term <laughs> results of what's going what's going to cause and basically in the back of their head it's really they don't want to say it's because trump yeah because they support trump and they yeah. they don't believe the virus is yeah necessary or whatever for whatever reason i don't even know how it's all started but well, and, and that says a lot to that way of thinking. Nobody really yeah. knows how it started. They just, you don't, I don't, you never hear an intelligent, well, you hear, we rarely hear an intelligent argument from someone who is following anything that Trump says. Yeah. Basically it just boils down to that's what they're comfortable with. So that's what they're going with. Yeah. And they can't, exactly. they can't back it up in a discussion or debate. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, get back to the point i guess more was i some of my friends are hardcore supporters of trump but it doesn't draw a line between us you have to yeah you know it should be okay it should be okay to support who you want to support but yeah, somehow exactly. there's this hatred element that but, bleeds yeah. out of politics and into society because of politics yeah. I, I, it's disgusting it's sad yeah. it's frightening yeah some people some people can make that determination that who you support doesn't affect your friendship with the person or mm. how your relationship is, but some people can't, I guess maybe that's partly due to intelligence of the person or. Well, I don't, know. yeah, I, I wouldn't mm. say it's intelligence, but it's, it's, it's a, um, I wonder if this started out of desperation. I think there was a segment of society that was desperate for recognition. That was desperate for a certain mm. amount of, of security. And then here comes Trump who appealed to that segment yeah, yeah, and he didn't have any foundation to his methods. You know, there's no, yeah. there's very little legitimate uh, uh, politics in all things Trump. Right. It's just words, yeah. but people found comfort in that. And I think that there's a certain amount of people who follow Trump to this day, but they know that they're wrong, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're, but, but what, what else are they going to go to? Right. They've firmly planted their feet in this mm. thing that is Trumpism. Yeah. It's become their identity. And that's and, and again, that's the scary part. That's yeah. this thing where politics has bled into uh, 
uh, social aspects. Right. And it's starting to control people's lives on a social level mm-hmm. instead of just on a political level. And it's frightening. And an economic level it, for, for some places like Alaska, Trump, uh, Trump would let uh, energy policies much more lax than maybe what the Democrats are going to allow. And so yeah. that's, yeah. that explains a lot of the Alaska lean to that direction. And I get that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and without going into a long political discussion, I believe that the Democratic Party needs to get that and then start appealing to those people. Because, right. again, yeah. I think a lot of people are following this thing called Trumpism, but they don't really want to. They yeah. just have that one issue that might be an economic thing. Mm-hmm. And they want to distance themselves from this social thing that is Trumpism. But yeah. they don't because... There's no alternative and right. shame on the Democrats for not giving them an alternative. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole that's, other uh, we tried not to go political, but it happened. We'll, we'll get <laughs> well, again, back out of that now. Well, again, <laughs> politics bleeding into society. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I don't want to say that. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay to talk mm. about politics. Yeah. I don't believe in that. You hear people say, don't talk about religion or politics. If you want yeah. to keep a friendship, I don't believe that. Yeah. I believe if you have a true friendship, you can talk about anything. Yeah. But, but no politics mm. for now. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, so you, yeah, you, fi- you finished the sentence. Vic is working and living in Norway and he doesn't really Lost know in why. Norway. <laughs> then that kind of led us into that discussion. Now, let me, let me ask you, um, to do something else. that's even more deep and philosophical. <laughs> oh, no. okay. I'm going to test you now. No, but I, I always ask my, my guests to do this because I invite people on my show who, who interest me, who motivate me, who inspire me in some way. Um, so I, be, I believe everybody has those elements in their persona. They, they have the ability to inspire, to motivate. Um, uh, everybody has that. Yeah. You have that. That's why I asked you here. You know, I'm still I, not sure. <laughs> well, no, I, hey, man, it, it, <laughs> all, all, all joking and, and foolishness aside, yeah. uh, I think you have a very interesting life. And, it's, and, and, and to be doing the kind of work that you're doing as an immigrant here in Norway is pretty doggone fascinating and it's quite the achievement. Yeah, yeah. Even as you say, you're kind of, you know, you may want to go back home while you're here doing what you're doing. You are achieving something that a lot of uh, immigrants, specifically American immigrants don't do. And that is yeah. find a career where you can not just sustain yourself, but where you can thrive. Right. Cause a lot of us, you see it. A lot of us Americans here are struggling. Yeah. You and I are doing fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I... But, but some people are really, really struggling. Oh, yeah. And I want to do something about that. And part of that is shining a light on both mm. those people who are struggling, but also people like yourself who yeah. found a path. People yeah. can learn something from your journey here in Norway. Yeah. Uh, like I say, you have inspired me. You've raised my curiosity. <laughs> you may be motivating to other Americans who are here. So take that with you in all seriousness. That's one man. thing I kind of think I lightheartedly try to bring to our groups that we have. Yes. Is and thank people, you for that. Keep people entertained, maybe, or just keep them. Because I see people on there crying about uh, going to their job and yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, being told you should speak English. Or, I mean, uh, not, just not speak English. <laughs> yeah, speak, snack and norsk. Yeah, speak <laughs> so just Norwegian, yeah. If you're going to yeah. be working here. And yeah. uh, some people can't do that. I came here at age 40, I guess, 39, but turned 40 shortly after. And I've I've tried learning Norwegian. And yeah. It's very tough. I'm 
Some people struggle. Some people just can't make it work. Some people just don't have a gift for languages. I used to be one of those people. I spoke Spanish and French in high school. I had two years of each, and I was fluent in both by the end of those. But But there's uh, something with Norwegian. Something with age, maybe. It's gone. The timing of it, yeah. I was 33 when I came here, and I learned it quickly, but I have a thing Mm. for languages. I learned it very quickly, so Norwegian is no problem. Okay, yeah. Um, and also, you have your wife, I suppose. Ah, she doesn't. We we you speak never, English. Okay. <laughs> we we well, when I came here, I think it lasted about a, not even a week that we tried to speak Norwegian okay. together in my learning process, uh-huh. and it just didn't work because okay. we met each other in English, if I can say yeah. that, and it was just weird to speak. Okay. And it was also that, um, you know, I, I got a job right away when I came okay. here. So after being out. In the Norwegian yeah. world, when I came home, I wanted to breathe out, relax, and be myself. And that meant speaking English. Yeah. So here at home with my family, with my wife and both of our kids, I speak only English. Okay. Snoopy chooses to speak English with me because she yeah. doesn't want to lose her English skills. Okay. Right. And then I demand that the kids speak English with me because <laughs> they're half American. Okay, yeah, yeah. So if any, any, I've never spoken Norwegian to them. Well, I noticed, I think, just in a little tiny bit that your daughter spoke, she didn't really have any accent either or anything. No, that you so, will hear, they sound like that's, they're born and raised in Ohio. That's a good part of it. I yes. have. Yeah, because... From day because one, you've made them speak it. Yeah, her first words were in English. Okay, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Okay. So um, very good. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a benefit for them in the future. Oh, it's a benefit for them already. Both yeah. of them are fin. Well, I shouldn't put their business out here. Mm. I'll say it. Both of them are finished with Vida going to English already. Okay. And our yeah, daughter's in her first year of, of Vida or high school, as they would yeah. call it. Yeah. And our son will start Vida going next year, but he's done already with English. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> it's benefiting them already. Yeah. There you go. Um, a lot of it's genetic. They got their father's brain. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so so again, back to you though. Yeah, yeah. You you know, all joking aside, you are an inspirational guy, uh, and I wanted to bring that up about your presence on your social media presence. You do bring a lot of joy to people. People have commented uh, to me. Uh, I don't know what kind of feedback you've gotten, but people have commented to me how much they appreciate what you put out there. So it means okay. something to people. I want you to know that. I just try. I mean, I think. Uh, well, you do more than try. You, you succeed in making people's lives a little bit lighter, a little bit I mean, better. And that's yeah, an achievement. We need more of that in the world. It's just something uh, some people maybe don't think they can do it or just don't want to do it. But I maybe there's something I just don't care what people think about what I post. That yeah. helps a lot. You need to just put something out there. And, uh, oh, hey Snoop, <laughs> food, is here. food is here. Here we okay. come. <laughs> no, but um, mm-hmm. usually I ask people to say something. Is there something they can say uh, on the microphone that will, um, uh, you know, uh, some words of encouragement or inspiration or motivation that they can uh-huh. say on the microphone? Yeah. That will help my listeners and my viewers make their lives a little bit easier. Now, you already do that in deed, you know, in your yeah. presence online uh, uh, yeah. for, for those Americans here in Norway. Uh, but is there anything you can say to anybody anywhere who's listening right now that might make their lives a little bit easier? Well, I'm probably going to keep mine in a Norwegian based, I guess, because that's my most recent uh, experience just myself. Um I guess coming to Norway, you you will be lost for the first I don't know how many years. It will it will be at least a few years. Mm. Even speaking the language or not speaking the language, that's not a big deal. It doesn't really matter in the end because 
you can use online tools or have friends help you. But uh, just keep going and you will eventually understand the way things work in Norway and really kind of the way things work in life. If you just keep at it, you'll eventually understand things and life will get a lot easier. I, I hated my first few years here in Norway and just mm. persevered. Eventually yeah. you learn, you learn everything. I think a lot of it also has to do with intention. If you intend to succeed, I'm not saying it's going to, that alone is going to make things easier or mm. is going to ensure your success. But if you intend to succeed, if you truly want to fit in here, it will open a few yeah. opportunities that you might otherwise be blind to if you have more of a negative outlook about that's being a, here. That's another very good point, actually, is don't don't stress about trying to fit in. You are who you are, and people need to understand Amen. That. that is so important. Yes. Uh, and I am, you know, I want people to get along. I want people to, to find their way here in Norway, but I am a proponent of staying true to yourself. This whole thing about how you have to become more Norwegian in order to fit in here. Yeah. I, I, you know, maybe if that works for people, but, yeah. but I, I, I get told, I mean, I grew I gotta up. be myself. I have to be myself. I there cannot be something exactly. that I'm not. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing is a kind of an example. I get, I, I, I was born and raised in the U S of course. And my parents worked, my mom was busy with us, and then she went to school and then worked when, I, when we were six years old. My dad worked all the time, but uh, we didn't grow up exercising, walking, hiking, go up a tour every day. Uh, so just, that part of Norwegian-ness that just is doesn't very appeal to you. And I don't mind going for walks, but I'm not going to go hiking up Rikestolen 500, <laughs> 500 meters or above sea level, whatever it is. 5,000 meters. Yeah, I don't even know. What is I'm not going to go like, hiking up yeah. I'm not going to go hiking up a yeah, no, that's just not 45 degree no. slope all day, spend 12 hours walking somewhere. See, and that's what I'm view. talking about is is that thing where some people say that you have to do those things if you're going to fit in here in Norway. Yeah, I am constantly. Like the, like the person who told me, I need to accept that people are going to call me Jon Alandres. I'm like, I, uh, to hell I you know am. What? That's I, not my name. My I name need is to show Jean. you something. <laughs> in my contacts list here. Yeah. Who is this guy? Uh, oh. Look, it's Jan Alenerisa. Ah, you wrote that. I already you knew son of a gun. To, you son of a gun. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's 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 about identity, and and of course you don't want to be an ass and yeah. and 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 deliberately uh, uh, say and do things to not fit in. But right. you certainly should not give up your identity. I think that's no, a great message to put out there. Be maybe, yourself. Maybe draw a line. Determine how much you're willing to accept the change that. That was probably Paul that from was me. Snoop. No, that was <laughs> oh, Snoopy. Okay. That was Snoopy. She's uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> but no, um, listen, listen, man. I um, I want to thank you for coming in. No, no, thank you. You have you have graced my studio. You've graced my ears with <laughs> with this with this conversation. And I think that some things have been said that have been at least entertaining for people who are listening. I but hope so. Hopefully. <laughs> uplifting motivational yeah. i hope they see a guy who uh is making the best of the situation here in norway uh during the holiday season i know i just i i know mm. firsthand that mm. there are americans here who suffer a little bit because they're yeah, away from sure. friends and family mm -hmm. but uh there is a network here there is a network of americans here yeah. i also want people to go to my website uh, www.johnallenpod.com that's j o h n a l a n p o d.com go there and 
take a look at uh, some links that I'm putting up. There are some people who are also in need and they could use your support. So I want you all to go there to my website and uh, find that and then do as you do as you please. If, if the spirit moves you to help some of these people out and you're able to do it, then do that. Um, just be aware that there are some people who are struggling out there and we're trying to do what we can to help those people. But Vic, you do have a story. It's not boring. Your job's not boring. Your life's not boring. Uh, well, <laughs> thanks. And, and again, thank you. Uh, yeah. From from the bottom of my heart, thank you for stopping in like this on your on your travels, your yeah, solo travels here. No and you swung through. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Good. But mm-hmm. the, should we go in and get some food before Snoopy starts yelling at us? Yeah, before you start hearing I think I got, my uh, I got like, <laughs> Well, I got like four texts from her. Where are Uh-oh. you guys? Are you coming? Okay. <laughs> this has been Coming Home with John Allen. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. <laughs> Bye-bye.